What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Larson. And on this Tuesday, just like every Tuesday, we are joined by our good friend, Jonathan Ryder. Jonathan, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Chad. I'm doing pretty good. Every, yes, I'm going to play this thing every single time the Dolphins pull out a win. Yes. We've got, I don't know if listeners are full on dancing to it yet, but we've got some people who are happy, I'm sure. People right, who are well, happy to hear the conga. Hello. Shout out <laughs> 757 305. Yeah, give Welcome the 305 their respect. And the 786. People forget about the 786. So. All those Metro PCS users who can't get a 305 number, <laughs> they got us okay. with the 786 number. <laughs> nice. The less recognized, but oh, just as important, 786. <laughs> I like that. That's it. right. The unsung, the unsung hero. What's going on, sir? Oh man, I'm I'm living well. I'm living okay for a Dallas loss, for it to have been another Dallas loss. Um, but we're not gonna start on a we're not gonna start on the wrong foot. We we are gonna start with the. Is it fair for me to call them red hot? Oof. <laughs> like I don't. I think mean, it's, three I don't straight think it's wins. Com- I was gonna say I don't think it's completely out of the question. When it's been a Can month, I ask you a question. When it's been Can a I ask month, you a question. Absolutely. How? What's the the least amount of points that the Dolphins have beaten a team by in their three game winning streak? Uh, well, I'm cheating right now because I just pulled up the schedule, but it's that 11 point win <laughs> against the Rams. All right, we're at, we're at high. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and get into it. Miami Dolphins. As we said, three straight wins, all three of them by double digits. Uh, beat the 49ers by 26 points. Uh, raised everyone's eyebrows. Beat the Jets 24 nothing. Then made the QB change on the bye week. Went to Tua Tungavailoa. And in his first start, they beat the LA Rams 28-17. Now, Jonathan, I, I just want you to go. I just want to know where you are with this team right now. They currently sit at four and three, half game back of the seventh spot in the AFC playoff picture. Just go, just go. Let me know where you are. I'm just tired of the disrespect, Chad. Okay. Do you know that ten out of ten ESPN folks picked the Rams to win this game? Not a single one of them picked the Dolphins to beat the Rams at home on a one o'clock kickoff. Yeah. I Did mean, they forget. <laughs> Did they forget that the coach who's coaching the Miami Dolphins right now blanketed Jared Goff to three points in the Super Bowl? Brian Flores, yes, he did. I'm uh, Look, I'm just tired of the disrespect. Number one scoring defense in the NFL. Hey. Uh, yeah. Come on, yeah. man. I, I look, know. This, <laughs> no. Come on. And, and I'm not saying that they're they're perfect, right? I'm not saying that every position group is good. Yes. Um, there's still a lot of work. Look, we still can't run the ball. We averaged 2.2 yards per carry in this last game. Um, 25 carries for 52 yards. That That's embarrassing, right? It, it, it's not good at all. 
Yeah. Um, I I, I don't want to hear about Jared Goff's uh, yards. Um, where I think he threw for over 400 yards. A lot of it was garbage time. Garbage. Miami plays defense. Well, my man was playing play you mean, defense. You mean the uh, you mean the Dak Prescott special? It's more like the Blake Bortles special of like 2016. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Blake Bortles uh, invented the meal. Dak reinvented it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, look, look, I get it. Look, and I'm not saying that this team, this team is is solid. There, there is no. Besides the two corners in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, there yes. are no studs in Miami, right? Like legitimate All Pro studs. What, this what, is a one might argue. Team. One might argue that even half of the two people that you named aren't studs. But go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, let me tell you something. Ever since, <laughs> so Byron Jones got hurt. And keep keep bringing this back. He yeah, got hurt no, in that second did. game against Buffalo. When he came back against the 49ers, Miami was finally able to execute their defense. Uh, yeah, and you can you definitely throw, don't think that you're gonna throw the ball uh, when Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are playing at the same time. Good luck throwing the ball. You yeah. you think you have a good matchup at one on one? No, you don't. Throw one on one. Let those guys get 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 a, get a reach for the ball. Byron might not pick it off. He might just tap it down. That's his game. I get it. Yep. But Xavier, Xavier most likely is gonna come up with one or two on you. Yeah, and to like you said, you know, to further hammer that point home, in the three games since uh, since Byron Jones has been healthy, they're only averaging eleven points a game now. Part of that was help with the shutout win against the Jets, but I mean to hold the 49ers and Rams to seventeen apiece, that's that's definitely and like you said, a lot of those points and a lot of those yards, especially that um, the Rams put up in that second half or in that fourth quarter, you know, were all garbage time stuff. So you know, if you're really looking at when it matters, you know, it, these games are you know even bigger blowouts than what they're than what the final score is showing. Chad, but now I have a bone to kind of pick with you, buddy. Whoa, with me, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hit me. Hit me. Let me know something. So, at our Lazy Boy QBs, you know, Twitter page. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Please. Please do. You put out a poll asking. Yes, I did. Who would be the QB that you would take from the twenty um twenty draft? Yep. Why? Uh, you said why? Well, yeah. I well, think is is it the Tua Tonga by lower numbers? I, and I want to I want to address that, but tell me why. Well, the reason why I put up the poll in general is because I mean I think it's I think it was a after this weekend it was a very it, it was a topic that I think was starting to gain even more momentum than it like those three guys for as long as those three all play in this in the league they're all going to be grouped together right taking first overall fifth and sixth three top 10 qbs they're always going to be compared to each other um and they've all shown that they've had success early but this past sunday i feel like was you know kind of uh the beginning chad. of the culmination for all three chad yes when did joe burrow start his first game week one and how about justin herbert week two okay and I wanted to, and I did this, and I did it on purpose. Okay. I was, I was gonna say, I did it on purpose because I want to know where people are with it right now, and then I want to do a poll at the end of the season, seeing how much things have changed. Okay, so okay, so I'm you want to lose? 
Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for standards of comparison, man. I'm Oh wow. Hey, I got my analytics department doing things. Man. Right? Research statistical <laughs> package. I'm gonna get you a copy of uh the statistical package for the social sciences for Christmas this year. Hey man, um. I would appreciate that. I would <laughs> I would find a way to help make me better with that information. So this is the only thing that bothered me about the question. Now that you now they explained it, it it, it uh mm-hmm. Because I knew exactly what you, I knew exactly what your gripe was going to be was the sample the, size. The sample size, right? It's yep. recency bias. Like, yep. okay, oh my God, Tua went out there. He threw for twelve for twenty-two uh, at ninety-three yards and one touchdown, no picks, and he had a fumble. Um, Aaron Donald definitely got his arm. The circumstance in which, right now, that Tua Tonga Valoa and I would say Joe Burrow are completely opposite. Like, Joe Burrow is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep, 100%. For Miami, Tua Tonga-Valoa is the quarterback, but you know what? He's not the whole team. Yes. And then I'm going to say this. This game was 28-7 to for the majority of the second quarter. Miami went up 28-7 to in the second quarter. Pretty much 28-7 to through the, the third quarter. Why the hell are we going to throw Tua out there and expect him to throw 30 balls? He doesn't have to. No, 100%, 100% agree. And, you know, you get the you get the punt return touchdown from Jakeem Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get the fumble recovery touchdown by Andrew Van Ginkle. So, you know, those those two and, huge plays. And, yeah, and don't forget the Van Noy uh, stri- uh, return after the other fumble, uh, strict set fumble. Um, yeah, he ran it back to the one yard line. Yeah, I was gonna say put you right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right there. So what, what does Tua have to do? No, he just I, needs not to lose. It. And this is not on you, Chad. This is the people on Twitter. Yeah, right. Okay. These Talk are the people him. that don't watch the game. Yo, there's no reason for Tua to throw the ball. There, Miami was happy gaining one or two yards a pop and killing the clock because you know what? The Rams weren't doing anything. Miami was bending. Don't get me wrong. That defense was playing that bend but don't break. We kept yep. giving the yards, playing that prevent defense. At, at some point, we just stopped blitzing um, Jared Goff. And we're like, screw it, you know, like do something. And this is this is a frustration that some Miami fans had because they wanted to score more points against the 49ers. They they wanted to score more points against the Jets, but Brian Flores is more than happy to be like, you know what? You score some points and then we'll react. Yeah. And yeah. another thing that people don't get, Brian Fitzpatrick, because people are like, oh, Brian Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the second, he had the second most uh um uh, Turnover throws in the league, right? Tua didn't make any of those throws. Tua, uh, there was also three drop passes. So you know what? Stop with the Tua criticism. Yeah, and you know if you look at the if you look at the numbers from that game, um, you know they kind of talk about the exact points that you said, right? Uh, L.A. or Miami's defense was more than happy to you know allow you know the Rams to dink and dunk right in front of them kind of methodically marched downfield. I mean, you look at the numbers, L.A. Rams, 92 total plays ran, Dolphins only 48, uh, 31 first downs for the Rams, only eight for Miami. So, I mean, you know, completely, I mean, hell, total yards, 471 for the Rams, only 145 for Miami. But exactly like you said, the circumstances of the game were, hey, look, we got the two defensive touchdowns, damn near the third one as well, as you said, Van Noy recovering it all the way down. Um and and yeah, they didn't need Tua to do too much. Now, that doesn't 
to me, like this game is like a obviously it's a step in the right direction, right? Anytime you're a rookie yeah. quarterback, you win your first game, you get that first win, you know, mm-hmm. underneath your belt. It's all up from there at that point, right? You're never going to be more nervous probably than in your first start. Um, he's got he's got Arizona this Sunday, who mm-hmm. I think is. Uh, I'm not going to. I would say probably a defense that's on par with what the Rams are. Um, so it'll be fascinating because you know very rarely are you going to see two to three defensive touchdown, defensive and special teams touchdowns, you know, in a in a game. Yeah, look, if you ask me, John. Can they win like this? No, this is not sustainable. This yeah. is yep. this is a one-off. Look, Tua. I think Tua also has to realize that in a, overall, he has he has to play a lot better against the Arizona Cardinals, right? Um, he's gonna have to make better throws. We're not gonna do the exact same thing against the Rams. Like yeah. I get that. Um, and, and the only thing the only thing that upset me is like there was so much stock put into his performance against the Rams, and I'm like, look, that's one game. We yes. cannot win football games in the future if he plays like that. You know, the offense, you know, they need to pick it up a little bit more. I, I, I'm i not going to argue with you on that one. Yeah, and, and, and you know, going back to the poll that I had put up earlier, and for those of you that haven't seen, you know, I was saying which quarterback would you take right now, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa. And as you pointed out, you know, this is unfair because of the sample size of Tua. Uh, of only having played one game really versus Burrow who's played in all seven and Herbert who I believe has started six uh so far this season but you know I was talking to a guy I was talking to shout out to my boy Elliot um we yeah, were talk- shout out we were, shout ta- out. we were talking and he you know me and him were discussing the fact that Tua you know if you go throughout their college careers Tua was much higher rated than either one of the other two guys pretty much the entire college career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at the end, obviously, he had the injury. Um, you know, people started to pick him apart too much and all that stuff. And he, you know, I mean, really, I think we could say the main reason he slipped was definitely because of the hip injury. People were afraid of how he was going to recover from that. Um, and he ended up being taken second of the three. And then, you know, two is starting to li- – or I'm sorry, then, you know, Burroughs lighten it up from week one. Herbert yep. comes in and starts lighting it up. And, you know, people I think we're starting to kind of forget about Tua, right? Because, like, you you know, you're a Dolphins fan. You know, you guys were, were not doing better than just maintaining, right? You guys were playing respectable football, mm-hmm. um, you know, 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. I think if I would have told you that before the year, I feel like you probably would have taken that. Wouldn't you agree? Man. <laughs> I, I said Miami was gonna start three and zero, and then we got punched in the face. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, no, okay. I'll tell you what. When Miami was down one and three, right? Yeah. Um, going to San Francisco despite all the injuries, nine point underdog. I'm yeah. like, you know what, Chad? I think you're a little bit delusional. I think we're gonna settle for seven and nine and call it a day for the year. Yeah. Uh, and that would be super successful. Right, and and but you guys didn't. You rallied back, and then they made the quarterback change, right? And now it's now Tua, you know, comes back into the mind of the people, and you know, because you know when you're out of sight, you're out of mind, and it's just it's just a fact. Um, and now Tua is back in the limelight, and I'm fascinated to see how he's going to continue to win people over, you know, over the course of these next uh, nine games or so. Yeah, and look, and we talked about this before. The schedule is very favorable. This is by far um, of the, the toughest game coming up right now against Arizona, right? Because yep. after that, it's Chargers at home. 
uh, Jets on the road, and then uh, we got the Broncos on the road, and then we Bengals. got the Bengals. So it's like it, it, it softens up uh, tremendously after this Arizona game next weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you really look at it, you only have you know probably three above average teams that you're playing pretty much the entire rest of the season uh, between the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals. Like, you all said. right, let, let let me already circle that L against the Chiefs. Well, I mean, there's no shame in I mean, there's no shame in losing that one. I'll be honest, there's no shame I'll, in losing. I'll that tell one. you what, if we keep it within 14 points, I'll be a very happy man. Hey. It, being happy is 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 about having your expectations being realistic. That's so, right. So hey, <laughs> as long as you're happy, then I'm happy for you, buddy. But another guy, uh, mm-hmm. I was just I was just gonna say a guy who I wanted to highlight is 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 the GM of the team, Chris Greer, because yep. I don't I don't feel like you know he's gotten enough credit for. I mean we we you know me and you have kind of been joking about it, but people have been talking about for the past two or three years, just penciling the dolphins for the worst record in the league, you know, pencil mm-hmm. them in for three and 13 pencil them in for, you know, four and 12, whatever. Number one pick they've been, they've been tanking for a different guy every year for the past five years. Right. And oddly enough, they didn't even end up really tanking, but still ended up getting their guy in, in Tua. That's um, not true. Chad. We have, we look, so let me talk, let me give you the, the thing about Chris Greer, right? So Chris Greer, he 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 has been in the organization for a long time. Yep. Uh, uh, he you know before becoming the GM, he was like the vice president of like personnel, player personnel. So uh, you know, and and a lot of people, a lot of Dolphins fans would say that Miami held off too long to to Ryan Tannehill. Um, that Miami should have sent the Ryan Tannehill wasn't it after like two or three years. Um, and Miami kept holding on to him. Um. And then eventually, you know, Chris gets his GM job. Yep. Um, but, you know, Laramie Tunso was like his first pick, like his first, you know, like where he was really part of the team and, yeah. and, and making those kinds of decisions. And people thought he was crazy when he traded Laramie Tunso, right? And then look at him now. We're, we're calling him a genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know if I'm going as far as genius yet. Mm-hmm. I would. I think there are still some steps to go, but I mean, if we look at the talent, you know, I was just going through the going through the uh, the starting the starting roster or the starting yep. lineup right now. Of the twenty two guys, eleven of those guys were not on the team last year. You know, so that's yep. a combination of understanding. You know, the salary cap. You guys have you guys have been not have been very frugal with your spending. Allowed you guys opportunities that when you saw. You know, when you see a guy like Byron Jones, who you feel like can be a difference maker, you know, in the way you you want your defense to play, then you you're able to pay him that sixteen million a year. You know that a team like Dallas couldn't afford to keep him with, right? You know these these guys that you guys have brought in through the draft, through free agency. Um, you know, it's been impressive, honestly, because now you guys are are getting equal on that talent level, and you guys were always you know above average to me in the coaching department and the. Uh, you know, the discipline aspect. It's almost like, to me, you guys are running a, a blueprint of the Buffalo model, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I'm going to give a shout out to, to Steven Ross, who's the owner, right? Look, he he was always a guy that, you know, he kept just trying to fix Miami mistakes by going into free agency, um, even though we had a mediocre team. And he finally bought into Grizz Greer's plan to just completely blow this team up in 2019 get rid of all that money all that dead cap that we miami had you know robert quinn ryan Tannehill, rashad jones you know 
get those guys out. We had nobody. Like, if you look at Miami's roster last year, dude, we played 83 different guys throughout the True. regular season last year. That is and a handful. Right. That is, yeah, like, some of those guys are not, <laughs> uh, not some, a lot of those guys are not even in the league anymore, right? Yep. But yep. we found some jams in Nick Needham, and yeah, you're right. We went out there and spent a lot of money. And, Chad, you, you put up here in your notes, you know, our draft picks, right? And you have the first five. But you know what? There are, Number yeah. one, all those guys are, 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 are have, like, significant playing time, right? Yep. But you know what? Number six in that list is Brandon Jones, number 29, who is, one who is coming off as the number three safety, which is, a, which is a very prominent role in Brian Flores' defense. Number six, fourth rounder, Solomon Kinley, unquestioned starter at right yep. guard. Yep. Dude is a mauler. So, you know, and then, we, of course, we have a long snapper that we drafted in there uh, out of LSU. Um, <laughs> and his brother plays for the Buffalo Bills. I, I didn't know that. And even, you know, um, Mal is it Malcolm Perry, the, the, the quarterback out of Navy? Yep. Uh, he finally is getting his first snaps in a, at the slot receiver position. And we traded for Lynn Bowden Jr. from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, who should also be getting some snaps. He's been getting some snaps in the Wildcat. Miami has... Look at this this 2020 draft class for the Miami Dolphins, where we're getting three offensive line starters and our franchise quarterback will be one that ESPN, CBS, NFL Norwalk, Fox, they're going to be talking about it for a long time. Yeah, and, and like you said, all these great teams, and, you know, I'm not jumping the gun and saying, you know, that the next 10 years is going to be owned by the Dolphins. But, you know, whenever a team experiences a long period of success, you can usually point back to one period or one off season where, you know, they significantly increase the talent or they set up themselves to increase that talent or set up themselves to grow as a team. For me, between this off season and this and the next off season coming up where you guys also have multiple, you know, picks in the first two rounds, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think this could be the, the beginning of a corner or the beginning of a period of success for you guys and and this could be really laying the groundwork for that and you know like you said hats off to chris greer and hats off for to steven ross for believing you know in the picture that chris greer painted for him yeah no doubt man you you hit it right on the nail I, i'm really excited as a dolphins fan it's the first time i've been excited in a long time yeah man i i tell you what i can just hear the difference in your voice versus from the first episode <laughs> we the first episode we did to now you, you, you're definitely alive you're 100 percent alive right now it, it, it's finally coming together. It's finally coming together. Yeah, man. And I tell you, uh, now we're going to kind of switch it up to a team that seems like it might, if it doesn't come together this year, it seems like it might never come together for this team, right? Mm. And we are talking mm. about the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is, it's a lot to talk about when it comes to them. But the question to, to you, Chad, is it the Cleveland Browns or is it one specific player? Well, that's the thing. There are a lot of people who will tell you that it is just Baker Mayfield. Now, I I kind of tend to see. I don't know. I don't know where I am on Baker, honestly, because you know, in his rookie year, obviously, he kind of not lit the world on fire, right? Because we've talked about how um, how over sensationalized, you know, those last eight games or so that they had down the stretch of that season were. Um, when in reality, it was just them beating up on a bunch of teams that weren't any good. Um, mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield was going through a hot stretch of his through his career. Now, now we've seen him for, you know, 
uh, going on because this is what his third year. This is third year in the league. Third year, third year in the league. Yeah. Okay. So we've seen him for another year and a half. Third head coach the- as well. Yeah, and 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 that plays a factor as well, right? That plays a huge factor. Kevin Stefanski, you know, this is third offense that he's learning basically in three different years. Um, so you know, it's it's hard at that point. But you know, and I'm sure as you're going to get into at some points though, you got to throw all that shit out the window and you just got to play. Let's be honest here, Chad. You want to talk about a team that's set up for a quarterback to win, especially in the offense? Oh, that's yeah. the Cleveland Browns. 100%. 100%. They Tristan Wirth. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say that what, 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 what Miami is doing, what the Miami Dolphins are doing, is what Cleveland tried to do but on an even bigger scale. Right? They tried to invest smart in the draft. They tried to... Uh, or they tried to, you know, develop and acquire a bunch of draft picks and then hit big on free agents and things like that. If you look at the roster, the roster, especially, like you said, offensively, is one of the best in the whole league. The only thing is the, it sucks when the quarterback position is playing at well below league average. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is my thing, right? Look, you, you go out there and you draft the Tristan Wirth, yeah. all right? You go out there and you you uh, you grab a, a, a Jack Conklin, right? Um you go out there and you trade for for OBJ. You get you go out there, you trade and give big money to Jarvis Landry. Yeah. You have Njoku. You have Hooper. You have pretty good guards as well. Um, in uh, man, I forgot those, but those are two. They have two really good guards. Um, uh, da, da, da. I know the name is Betoni. Z- yeah, and, and Zeitler. Zeitler. Zeitler, uh, I'm looking at their roster right now. Ziegler is or Zeitler is not on the team. They no, he, Wy- they traded him. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They got Wyatt Teller at right guard now. Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller. I'm sorry. So you have all these guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Kareem Hunt and yeah. Nick Chubb in the backfield. All right. Let, let's yeah. not forget. Even their fullback, uh, Janovich, I think he's a pretty good player, too. So yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong, Baker? Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, what's wrong? Like, wh- why can you only score six points against the against, Las Vegas Raiders? I, I was gonna say one home. of the one is the one of the worst defenses, especially pass defenses. One of the worst pass defenses uh, in the entire NFL. Um, yeah, Baker this year, sixty-one percent throwing for under two hundred yards a game, um, and just really has not looked like the quarterback at any point since that first little eight-game stretch that he had to kind of start off his career, you know, has not looked like the same quarterback at any point since then. Dude, they're 27th in the league in passing yards. Yeah, with the receivers that, with the receivers they have, that's, a, that's I mean, come on now. Come on. And, and, and I want to know, what is it? Is it the defense? Because the defense to me is like, oh, they're not that bad, you know? Like, no. they, they're giving up 29 uh, point six uh, points a game, which is six, uh, six in the league, which is not bad, you know. So, but why can't you score, Baker? Minus thirty one points differential. Yeah, you know what? Two of their wins, two of their wins, right? Because they have five wins, which is impressive. Yeah, five and three. Tough, tough wins against the Bengals. Yes, a win against Washington, and yep. of course a shootout against the Cowboys. The only <laughs> legitimate win in your schedule is against is the, the Colts. Colts. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of goes back to that other point that you know about they're a great team when it comes to beating up on teams that are lesser competition. But 
then as we've seen, you know, in their three losses in two of those games, in their two division losses, you know, 38-6 to against the Ravens and then 38-7 to against the Steelers, they folded like a lawn chair in both of those games. So, and, and Baker did not play well in either one. Um, 189 yards against um, the Ravens in that opening game. One touchdown, one interception. That's not going to cut it against a big-time team. Not going to cut it at all. Well, look, the good thing is, like, I'm looking at their schedule, right? Uh, look, I'm not going to lie. They have the Texans and the Eagles at home. Both of those games at home coming Very up. winnable. Winnable. But I'm telling you right now, I, I, I don't know if they win those games. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Houston is... The thing is, with the Eagles game, I, I I give up. I give up predicting Philly. So <laughs> so they, I I don't even. I'm not even going to try on that one. Um, uh-huh. The Texans game. I mean, it it depends on, you know, what can the group around Lamar Jackson or I'm sorry, around Deshaun uh, Watson. Yeah, around Deshaun Watson produce right because up to this point in the season, it's pretty much been a whole bag of nothing. Uh, and if that continues, then I don't think you know. There are very few teams that Houston's going to be able to beat. Yeah, look, they're coming off a bye. Uh, last game they played, they took the times to overtime. Yeah, I mean, uh, since since Romeo Cornell has been named their interim coach, they've they've been. I mean, they've had a pulse. I'll say that, which is a lot mm-hmm. more complimentary than what you could set what you could have said about them beforehand. Yeah. So, so my question to you this it becomes like this, Chad. It, it, is it fair to start asking? Is Baker Mayfield the long-term solution in Cleveland? I mean, I think it's more than fair. I mean, people were starting to ask those questions, you know, about him at the end of last year because, as we said, you know, they had huge expectations going into last year, and then when you don't live up to them, like like I said at the beginning of the podcast, how you feel is just a, is just about how you set your expectations, right? And the Cleveland Browns set theirs very, very high because of that false fake seven and nine that they had a couple years back. Um, and they fell, fell flat on their face. And when you're the star quarterback of the team, then you kind of are the one that gets blamed for that. Yeah. Yes, you do. And you can't, you can't score six points. And I also want to say this, the reason why the, the rebuild didn't work is because you kept drafting guys like Justin Gilbert and Bren Whedon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, and yeah. And that's another thing. Yeah. Talent identification is, Maybe that could be the issue in Cleveland because, you know, right, like I said, or like we said, we're questioning, you know, the Baker Mayfield pick. We're questioning all these picks that they've had. You know, it, it, it finds us hard, finds hard, hard to pick the good picks that they've had. You know, obviously Miles Garrett at number one, but that was a pick anybody was going to make. It didn't matter if me or you were running that team. We were, we were sure. taking Miles Garrett number one. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, but, isn't the Miles Garrett year the year of uh, Patrick Mahomes, or, or am I off? Um, yes, yes, that was. Oh, okay, so they missed the Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty I'm just much throwing it out there. Yeah. ten teams did. Ten teams did. Yeah, I mean that's true, but at the same time, you know, at the I try to go off a combination of of how it was what the consensus was at the time, right? You know, no matter how high you were on Deshaun, if you would have taken him one over Miles Garrett or how high you were on Mahomes, if you were if you had taken Mahomes one, you would have been drug tested immediately. Um, <laughs> so, you know. 
I, I can't I can't I can't blame I can't blame Cleveland too much for those misses. No, I got you. I got you. No, I, I agree with you. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I've I've heard a lot of Cleveland fans um you know complaining. There there's the whole trade for Fitzpatrick. Of course, I thought that was an overreaction, but yeah. man, this past weekend's watching them score six points is at, at home. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, I know. And and to wrap up this segment, you know, obviously the Browns found out earlier this week that they'll be without receiver Odell Beckham, you know, for the rest of the season. There was chatter that, oh, man, look, Baker plays much better when OBJ is not there. It, it, it looks to this point to be, you know, it doesn't matter who's there, or who isn't. But Baker is just a quarterback who is who is limited right now um, and doesn't show any signs of progressing anytime soon. Yeah, no, no. I- <laughs> tough, tough it, place to be man it, it's yeah. like when you have a good team but you have a really bad quarterback and because they don't have a dominant team on either side of the ball right agree but you, you're just stuck in like in mediocrity and you're not too good to make a run but you're also not so bad to go get the next guy that can be leading your franchise which it's, it's a tough place to be as a franchise exactly man exactly and uh with that being said, we're going to wrap up this segment about the... Is there anything else you want to say quickly on Baker? Uh, no, nah, man. I, I said what I had to say. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, these la- th- these next two games is, is really going to tell us a lot about Baker. 100% agree. And uh, with that being said, we're going to see you guys on the other side. But first, we're going to take a quick break. All right. Welcome back. And Jonathan, we're going to jump straight into a AFC West matchup this weekend that... Left a lot of questions, I'd say, on both sides, and that was between the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Broncos ended up coming back to win thirty-three, or I'm sorry, thirty-one to thirty. Um, Chargers blew a what seventeen-point lead in that one. Yes. Yeah, they were up twenty-seven or twenty-four to seven at one point. Jonathan, what did you see from 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 both teams really that kind of piqued your interest? I should say, and yes. mainly with the quarterback play. You know, like so, this game is a twenty-four to three, actually, right, Chad? Okay, um, yeah. In the third quarter, uh, with with a minute and uh, seven minutes to go, I would say uh, that's about as pretty much sealed up as a game could be. Right, we're talking about twenty-one points. That's three touchdowns. Yep. I mean, dude, it, it, it's like, come on, right? And, and the thing, just to not to not to cut you off, but the thing is, yeah, the the touchdowns for the Chargers weren't coming on fluke plays either. Like they weren't getting like, no offense to Miami, but like the you know you, earlier you were saying that yeah, that wasn't yeah. a sustainable way to win. It's not like they sure. were getting those type of touchdowns. You know, they were getting the the drive down the field or you know combined with explosive plays. You know, all that type of stuff. So so this is this is how. My mentality, because I actually you know watched this game. This is my mentality coming into this game, right? right? I watched, you know, a two and four Chargers team that you know has a this young quarterback. I'm just, you know, you know, throwing the ball all over the yard, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, if they win this game, they're gonna be three and four right in the playoff hunt. And I looked at the Denver Broncos as a team that's banged up. Uh, they lost uh, Von Miller. Uh, they yep. lost Cortland Sun. Uh, Philip Lindsay has been banged up. Uh, Juwan James, their high uh, price acquisition last year, uh, you know, he opted out. So, like, the offensive line is a mess. And I'm like, you know what? You know, Chargers win this game. They're going to be one game on their 500. They're yeah. right in it, right? This, this team is fun to watch. Herbert is is good for the league. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and they start they start winning, right? Like, well, look, well, we're talking about – Jonathan, yeah, go ahead. J- Jonathan let, let, 
before you say Herbert's good for the league, let's be honest. It doesn't. They could put me and you as the quarterbacks of these two teams. There's still millions of people going to watch it regardless. <laughs> Wait, no, let, let's be honest. It is still NFL football. Actually, it, if me and you were like suited up, more people will watch the game because they're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're gonna figure out what the actual requirement is to be an NFL quarterback. No, so so Chad, you're right. Look, their their first touchdown drive for the Chargers, you know, nine plays, eighty yards, right? Yeah. Uh, the second one a little bit quicker, uh, you know, six plays, eighty yards, but they did it in like fifty six seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but 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 these are are, are you know the, the next touchdown, ten plays, seventy five yards. So these are sustaining drives, and then all of a sudden. This, this this team just kind of locks right like the, yep. the they stop they start dropping passes like the, the the game plan gets really conservative the defense just I don't know they, they don't play they don't pressure well uh drew lock in and it's not only a drew lock you know because Phil Lindsay had a had a nice run in there too yeah, he had a 55 did. yard run yep. in there to make it 24 10 but it's like Come on, you go into the fourth quarter with a two-touchdown lead, and you can't hold it? Yeah, I mean— This the, is the fourth game in a row that they yep. blew a 16-point lead, Chad. Yeah. The, I mean, every every game this season—and uh, this amazed the shit out of me because we're going to talk about Anthony Lynn later, but they've held the lead in every single game they've played this season. Every single That's game, crazy. every game they've played this season, they have held the lead at some point. Which to yeah, include exactly. the Chiefs. I was going to say include the Chiefs, including the team who we think is probably the best team in the NFL, and and to be two and two and five at this point. You know, I know I said I think it was last week's pod about you know how hard it is to win with a rookie quarterback, or you know how some of these guys are just you, you know you can be a really good quarterback and still not be a quarterback that can win games. Um, if you're a young guy, especially. Um, but, yeah, this is one of those where, I mean, that all that stuff is inexcusable. I mean, the Chargers had almost 36 minutes of possession. Denver's offense was barely even on the field. And like you said, I mean, they put up 21 points in the, fir- in the fourth quarter alone, you know, to come back and win that game. And it's just, it, it, it leaves you scratching your head almost on both sides, right? Because you don't really feel satisfied about either team. I mean, the Chargers dominated that game for three quarters, and then Denver got hot in the fourth, and now it's like, well, you know, what do we know about either one of these teams, really, moving yeah, forward, and, big picture? No, and, and, and what what killed me is, like, the Broncos, like, started scoring on big plays, right? Yeah. We talked about the Philip Lindsay uh, run, but the Deshaun Hamilton 40-yard catch uh, just, just gushed that defense through the middle, right? Like, what are you yeah. guys doing? You guys, look, we talked about the Chargers' defense, even without Derwin James. Um, as like that defense that can kind of they, they stick against you know Patrick Mahomes, they can stick up against you. They're tough, dude. You guys are getting gushed in the last two quarters of the football game. Yeah, it, 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 and then when, when it was like game time, right? Like here we got you know uh, Drew Lock, you know down by six, like driving in the field, right? Like eighty-one yards, Chad. I know. I know. Eighty-one I know. yards. Come on. I know, and this is and this is a guy in Drew Locke who we're gonna get into in a minute. Who really neither one of us is has been blown away with at any point of his career. Um, kind of kind of falls into that had that Baker Mayfield effect, right? Um, 
at the end of last yeah. year where he finished strong too, finished four and one uh, down the stretch, you know, and had all this momentum with Denver heading into this offseason. And for whatever reason, you know, it just really hasn't matriculated um, the way that some people thought it would. No, look, man, this is a guy that averages less yards per game than, than Baker at 187 yards. And you can tell me, yeah, the offensive line is banged up. They lost Carlin Sutton. But, like, he he hasn't been really good this year. Nope. Um, and, and, and granted, they're, they're, the, the yards per game is a little bit affected because he did get injured in that Steelers game, and that kind of counts against him. Yeah. But he he wasn't special. Yeah. Until the fourth quarter. Until the fourth quarter. But I don't know. It's just a thing. Was he special or the Chargers were just not special on defense? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, it, to me, it, it has more to say about that Chargers defense. Because, I mean, at this point, you know, I, I know what quarterbacks, everyone wants to be the first one to, you know, call to def- definitive to definitively say, you know, if a quarterback is one thing or if they're another thing. At the end of the day, you know, it take it takes time um, to really figure out what a quarterback is. But Drew Locke, so far, we've seen him um, ten starts total in two different seasons, and he's actually gotten worse this year. Um, was completing yeah. was completing sixty was mid sixties, uh, about sixty five percent of his passes last year. This year, all the way down to fifty eight percent, which is last in the NFL among all starters. Um, his 6.3 yards per attempt this season, down from 6.7 uh, last year. And I know these are just marginal numbers, but, you know, at the same time, you know, you're really expecting for him to take that, you know, you weren't even expecting him to just get marginally better. People were expecting him to take a big leap this season. And to see if anything he's regressed this year, it's just very disheartening. No, so people people were really high on the Broncos in the offseason, oh, yeah. right? Like We had, we bunch had people of, like... A like, bunch of playoff buzz. But you no, know, like wild card, you know, maybe no, not necessarily you no know, pushing the Chiefs, but you know, securing that number two spot in the West. Yep. Um, yep. And, and so far, you know, and I get it, the injury bug hit him, and, and, and Drew Locke missed the game, and, and they won that game, right? They beat they beat the Jets on Thursday night. But yes, they congratulations. Did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, it's it's just like. This this is what to me doesn't make any sense about this game. Like I said, now we're talking about instead of being the Chargers being three and four in the mix and, and, and being a fun and exciting team with Justin Herbert, we're yeah. talking about like the three and four Broncos who are like really kind of have a have a below average quarterback play. Um, their main their main player in um Von Miller, um, you know like he's out, and then I I won't lie, Bradley Chubb had two personal foul uh penalties in the game which were completely stupid yes and, and they still managed to pull up pull this game off and i'm like dude and, and like man there was one interception that that uh oh, i'm sorry never mind okay but uh but no i mean like you said exactly like you said this is a game that the that the chargers should have won um you know and, and we're all very high on on justin herbert i mean if you look at his numbers Across the board, he's significantly better than than Drew Locke. You know, in in just in six only six starts, sixty seven percent completion, eight yards in attempt, three to one touchdown to interception ratio. So you know he's where Locke is eleven touchdowns to nine turnovers. Uh, Herbert's got fifteen touchdowns, only five and only five turnovers. You know for the season. Um, yeah, I mean it just it it just goes back to. Scratching your head at at one guy who who seems to always be there when the Chargers, um, 
are pulling the uh, are pulling the Matt Ryan special, as I like to call it. <laughs> the Matty Ice special. Yeah, you talk literally of- ice. Ice is the game for you. No worries. <laughs> you 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 spoke about uh, you spoke about you know Anthony Lynn um, mm. when we were talking you know before the podcast, but yeah, it it it. it it does start to come into question, you know, what is his job security moving forward with this team? Oh, I think he's in the hot seat, man. Like, there's no way that you got this young quarterback, and it's great to see that this kid is playing really well, but you can't hold two score leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, that's just unacceptable. Um, You, you have to figure something out. You're talking about teams learning how to close games. The Dolphins figure it out, yeah. right? You know, we're figuring out, like, we're not letting teams score in the fourth quarter. Here you are. You have a guy that throws for 300 yards a game, a rookie. You have really good weapons, not the best offensive line, but you can't hold the lead? Yeah. and this on, is Anthony. And the thing is, this isn't just a one-year occurrence either with him. You know, if it were the first time and it was with a rookie quarterback, you know, you could kind of start to give him some leeway possibly. But this is a guy who, I mean, how many games – were the Chargers in last year where you felt like they had the ball driving, you know, down by a field goal or, or needing, you know, needing just a score to go in front and they would lose it, you know, at the death. Yeah, and then there are also some games where they didn't even show up last year. I, and I'll point to one game where they were playing at home against the Green Bay Packers and uh, they completely laid down um, in that game. They completely laid down against the Minnesota Vikings as well. So, I, I think it's time. Look, Coach Lynn, uh, I really liked you um, during Hard Knocks. <laughs> I think you're a really stand-up guy. It, it's nothing personal, but, man, you got to win football games. And you cannot. Like, this is the worst part is when your team loses football games when your team was in a position to win the game. Yeah. All yeah. you had to do was close out. Yep, that's the part where, where players make plays through three through three quarters, and then they look at the coach and say, hey, coach, we just need you to help get us through this fourth, and a coach can't do something like that. And like you said, that's disheartening, and it, and it, and it kind of causes them to lose, you know, almost lose the locker room. Um, and we talked about Anthony Lynn, 28 and 27, you know, right now for his career. In his last 20, in the last season and a half, he's only 7 and 16, which is not good enough at all. No. Yeah. Not, not at all, man. Like, not at all. And to be honest with you, Chad, uh, if if we're not talking about them in December, you know, sneaking to that playoffs, yeah, you could... kiss Coach Lynn goodbye. Um, I, I hate to see him go. He looks like a like I said before. Look, it, it's it really looks like a really great guy, right? Like a, yeah. a leader. But man, you gotta you gotta win football games in this league. Yeah, and, you know, we're not trying to, you know, kick anybody. You know, we're not trying to have anybody's job uh, come into jeopardy. No. Obviously, our, our podcast doesn't have that much power yet. But, you know, if if uh, if Anthony Lynn were to, you know, get the get the boot from, from the Chargers, what type of coach, you know, what type of candidates could you see a team like the L.A. Chargers going after, you know, to pair with Justin Herbert? You think they're going with a offensive no. mind? Would you think they would pair him with a defensive guy? What are you thinking? You need to find a leader of of guys, right? You need uh, he, uh, uh, you need to find a coach Flores. Yes, um, coach Flores is not an X's and O guy, especially in the offense. He like I don't I don't think he really touches the offense that much. Yep. Um, he lets Chan Gailey does his thing. You need a guy that you know mentally prepares that football team week in and week out. 
because the talent is here in, in Los Angeles, right? Like you have, you know, you don't have to change the offense. You just got to learn how to close out games. You have, you got Bosa, you got uh, Ingram, you got, I know Darren James is, is hurt, but they brought in Chris Harris Jr. Uh, they got Perryman. Like they got all these guys. Yeah. You're building leads against the, the the Bucks. You're building leads against the the Saints. Saints uh, yeah. this past yeah, and, and the only t- and this is the thing. What people don't forget about last week, you also blew a lead to Jacksonville. Daniel 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 scored another ten points to go thirty nine twenty nine. Yeah. Where you were beating Jacksonville and you you allowed them to come back and tie that football game. Yes. So c- come on, like that's 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 the whole. That's the me- like. Look, don't don't let this become the Anthony Lynn special. Let it become the Maddie Ice special. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Justin Herbert. Please don't have it be called the Justin Herbert special in two years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not even. Gosh, it's awful. It's hilarious because it's not even Matt Ryan's fault, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, realistically, we should probably call it the the Dan Quinn special, but. Yeah. <laughs> But, but hey, Maddie Ice special sounds a lot better. Yeah. And for please, for Chad's sake, Justin, don't let it become the Justin Herbert special. Don't let it become the Herbert the Herbie special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm already I'm already so attached to the guy. You know, I'm sitting here looking at some because you know at this point I'm I'm 60 percent of a Chargers fan. The way Dallas is having me this season, but uh, you know, I'm looking at replacement quarterbacks for them. You know, there are a lot of great. And I'm not saying you have to pair him with a young offense or with an offensive mind, but just to me, there are a lot of offensive guys out there who, I mean, if you look at an Arthur Smith of Tennessee, you know, would you okay. would you trade what you have in Tennessee, you know, to go be the head coach of the Chargers? You know, if you just look at overall, probably not. But you know, would you like to want to marry yourself to a guy like Justin Herbert, who I don't think is like Tannehill? But you can see, you know, a lot of the similarities as far as big quarterback with size. Um, I wouldn't no, say that. No, let me tell you something, man. I never, I, I, I never seen Tannehill rip it like Herbert does. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say the big difference. Yep, the big difference what, is what the did arm. You tell me, what did you tell me earlier this season? Don't ever compare the Raiders. To the, chi- to, to, to the Chiefs, uh, to the to Chiefs, the Chiefs, I think. Ever compare Herbert to Ryan Tannehill? Eh, I was trying to be nice. We were pro Dolphins pretty much this whole episode. I figured. <laughs> I thought maybe I could sneak one in there. No, because can I be honest? I don't think Herbert needs to have like this amazing cast for him to be great. He's being great with a below-average offensive line yeah. with his top running back. You know, not playing. Oh uh, yeah, he has. You know, I get it. The the, the wide receiver in Kenyon Allen and Mike Williams outstanding right and even hunter henry but i i feel like like herbert's uh natural talent his physical talents can are way better than ryan Tannehill, especially his moxie to throw the ball down the field like this dude throws a nice deep ball man yeah no he he 100 does and the thing is at this point my biggest fear is that they you know end up getting rid of the anthony lynn and then end up getting a guy who's actually worse off for herbert's development a la an Adam Gase going to the New York Jets. Um, oh, Jesus. And I just wanted to throw that in there to extend our record of, I think, five podcasts in a row dumping on Adam Gase. God, he's awful. <laughs> and you know what? It, it's funny because uh, the Chargers do play the Jets in like three weeks. Yeah. Who? Wh- 
which which coach would you say is more likely to be there for that game? Because because sneakily oh. enough, I actually think Gase is wow. more like. I actually that's think, a great question, Chad. <laughs> I actually think I actually think Gase is more likely because he's more helpful to the Jets going or having the number one overall pick. Yeah, you're right. Because look, this is the way I look at it, right? Man, wow, that's a great <laughs> question. No, I I think you're onto something there, right? You hold on, you hold on to Gase. You secure Trevor Lawrence for next year. Yeah, and uh, then you kick can probably Gase to the curb. Kick Gase to the curb. I, I, I mean, God, I hope he doesn't land on his feet again, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, fi- I, I, I think the NFL learned its lesson with uh, – so this is my thing with Adam Gase, right? And you were talking about pairing the right coach uh, to Justin Herbert. Yeah. Don't buy into this whole office of guru thing yeah. uh, for your head coach. If you're if you if you're a head coach, if you have an offensive guru who's really good at X's and L's, make sure that he's good overall. Like you need a guy like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. I would draw from those trees if I really want to, you know, kind of open up Justin Herbert. And 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 another thing that that does need to be mentioned is, you know, if you do go to a younger guy, make sure that you surround him right with the correct type of staff that's gonna sure. that has that has experience. You know, we talk about. The, you know, the hot pairing right now who who um, you guys, the Miami Dolphins, are going to run into um, is the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray combo, right? Everyone's looking right. for, you know, who can pair or who who's going to pair them, you know, who's going to pair, who's going to make the next perfect pairing. Gosh, I can't speak right now at all. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what every team is out there looking for. But the thing that they have to remember is you have to surround them with an entire, you know, an entire coaching uh Staff, you need a coaching Thank staff, you. man. Thank you. you Gosh. Know? Where's my like, thesaurus like, when I need it? <laughs> like, like Coach Flores, no, bringing back Chan Gailey. Yeah, exactly. You know, like look at any seventy years old. Look at any successful young coach. I guarantee you, there's at least one or two guys up there with serious experience on that staff. I mean, Wade Phillips in that, you know, in Sean McVay's first year. That Absolutely. that was, Absolutely. you know, uh, a great parent. So no, look, Chad. You know, and I look. This is what disappoints me, right? Like, they're the Chargers are going. They're playing at home. They're they're getting the Raiders, and I'm like, man, this was supposed to be a great matchup, right? Yeah. Like these these this is a classic matchup. But you know what? Instead of getting the three and four Chargers, I'm getting the two and five Chargers, and that yeah. just upsets me. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Although I don't know, then it'll make it all the sweeter when I actually pick the Chargers to win it, and then and then they end up do. As long as they don't keep pulling that Matty Ice special. <laughs> oh, man. That's true, but I don't know. I think I'm going to hold off on at least, you know, one to two more times before I give Herbert that call sign. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, with that being said, guys, we are going to go ahead and actually wrap it for this pod. Um, we will be back later this week to discuss, you know, some other stuff going around the league. By the time we record the next episode – the trade deadline should have passed, so hopefully maybe there are some trades that we can dissect. And uh, if not, then we're just going to you know keep talking about our normal stuff. Jonathan, anything for the people before we get out of here? Hey, guys, just continue to follow us on Twitter at LazyBoyQBs. Oh, I'm sorry, at LazyBoyQ. Uh, yep. Also, email. I'm still checking the email. Uh, <laughs> LazyBoyQBs1 at gmail.com. Uh, and, and a shout-out to Elliot. Uh, I know Chad shouted you out before. Look, man, we're going to get to your topics. I know you want us to talk about the Steelers. 
Um, yeah. So, and, you know, we're, we're, we got you. We got you. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All the descri- or all the places you can find us or contact us will be in the description for the podcast. Um, with that being said, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Ciao.